Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January the 26th in the year of our Lord, 2023. The goal to promote God, family, and country, to protect life, liberty, and property, to do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the Constitution for the United States of America. The checks and balances are brilliant, and one of the great solutions we still have at our fingertips. The next one, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. You know what? There's so much to talk about. My goodness gracious. Let's just do, do the recap before our two guests come on next segment. Brian Rust of RustQuinnandGift.com and Kelly Finnegan. Incredible uh, co-hosts in their own right. Do a phenomenal job talking about honest money. So the Honest Money Report every Thursday coming up on your radio. Uh, but yesterday we had an incredible two-hour Bonanza broadcast, if you will. Uh, we had on two people, James Edwards, thepoliticalcesspool.org, and we had on Don Essery, a.k.a. Pepe Deluxe. Uh, he's well-known in the uh, truth social circles. That's where the Pepe Deluxe comes from. And we talked about ICE, internal combustion engines. They're known as ICE now. So you got ICE cars, right, as opposed to EVs or electronic or electric vehicles. Chinese manufacturers, by the way, continue to dominate the global market for electric vehicles, EVS, if you will. And the batteries as well, by the way, thanks to their control of the minerals critical to the EVS supply chain. Now that is scary. Chinese brands control an overwhelming majority of their own domestic market, selling up to 80% of their own vehicles in China. And I guess by 2025, they'll be the first country with 50% of their EV sales coming for their own country. They are dominating. What percent of American cars require Chinese manufacturing, labor, patents, etc. It's astonishing. You better be worried about the communist Chinese and the electric vehicle calamities are coming. Okay, it's now been revealed how U.S. transitions to electric cars threatens environmental havoc, folks. What am I talking about? By 2050, they say electric vehicles could require huge amounts of lithium for their batteries, causing damaging expansion of mining. In other words, you cannot make these electric vehicles without a massive environmental footprint that is disastrous. All right, we're going to talk about that when the Honest Money Report comes up with Kelly and Brian. We also talked about 3M, the big, huge company that makes Scott's Tape and other uh, office and industrial items. They're cutting 2,500 jobs worldwide 
in anticipation of what they call the economic struggles that are ahead. Wow, the World Health Organization's annual budget, by the way, right now is a whopping $6.7 billion. That's $6.7 billion, and now the WHO, the World Health Organization, is asking for $2.54 billion more because they say they got emergency operations going on this year. Now, folks, that's scary. Where do they get all that money? How much of that is forced taxpayer dollars, huh? Meanwhile, we ask if the U.S. will surrender its First Amendment to the World Economic Forum. I sure pray the answer is no, but I see the writing on the wall. You say, what are you talking about, Sam? The answer is, among the biggest takeaways from the recent World Economic Forum event in Davos, it's in Switzerland, right, was the proclamation by this whacked-out European Union official saying that the United States would soon be surrendering its First Amendment in the interest of global appeasement. What on earth are you talking about? That's right. Vera Jarova declared, and he's the vice president of the European Commission for Values and Transparency. Uh, This guy basically says, we're going to be giving up our First Amendment. Now, I don't know where he would get a notion like that unless he's being psychotic or unless he's got internal intel. How do you know which it is? Well, to me, it would be psychotic if a bunch of American officials stood up and said, have you lost your cotton-picking mind, sir? Not, this ain't happening. The Americans said nothing. Yeah, at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, the Americans said nothing when a foreigner said Americans are going to be giving up their First Amendment rights. No challenges from the Americans. That makes me wonder, does this clown have uh, evidence or information that we don't have? Don't know, but it's certainly strange indeed. All right, we also talked about uh, whacked-out Governor Newsom from California. Here's Gavin. Here's what he says. Second Amendment is becoming a suicide pact. Yeah, California Governor Gavin Newsom. Now, this guy's off his rocker. Listen to me. Yes, there's wackos going nuts with guns. More so every day. And the tighter the gun restrictions, the more it's a gun-free zone, the more it's happening. Look at Chicago and California. You put those two places together along with government schools, all gun-free zones, and that's where most of these crazy events are taking place. And might I then remind you every time we stop the bad guys, it's a good guy with a gun that stops them. With rare exception. Now, sometimes somebody gets gutsy and rushes the shooter and stops them. Good for them. But most of the time, it's a good guy with a gun that stops them every time. What is the answer then? More good guys with guns. How dumb am I? There you have it. But Newsom's whacked off his gourd. Should be literally fired from his position as governor for violating his oaths of office. All right. Now, this is a very strange story. The FAA, the FAA Federal Aviation Administration has quietly, tacitly admitted that, you know what, the EKGs of its pilots are no longer normal. Whoa, this is scary. The October 2022 version of the FAA, they call it a guide for aviation medical examiners, 
shows that the FAA quietly widened the EKG parameters beyond the normal range. And then they talk about from a max of this and that. They didn't widen the range by a little bit. They widened it by a lot. It was done after the vaccines rolled out, folks. Okay? They cannot hide this one. They hoped we wouldn't notice, but you know what? This is a tacit admission from the U.S. government that the COVID vaccine has damaged the hearts of our pilots. Not just a few pilots, a lot of pilots. Not just a little bit of damage, but a lot of damage. Not just a little bit of widening of the EKG standards, a lot widening, or else most pilots would not be able to fly at all. And believe it or not, now Moderna has experimentation going on on humans right now to inject their mRNA shots directly into the heart. Have these guys lost their minds? We also talked about mRNA vaccines now in livestock, which means it's going to be in your food supply. Not to mention your companion animals have the opportunity to go ahead and take the jab, too. It's insane. That was one hour. Second hour, man, we talked with James Edwards, too. First hour was Don Esri. Second hour, James joined us. We talked about Mike Pence caught with classified documents. Is anything going to happen? Don Esri thinks that the that the weight of truth and freedom and justice is coming down on these clowns. James wishes that were so and hopes for that, too, but is not as bullish as Don. Sam thinks they're both a little bit naive. They will never let go of power unless you force them to. They, we will never have just a clearing of the decks or whatever you want to say in, a, in real accountability in a wholesale way. We will have to fight for every inch of getting this country back, ladies and gentlemen. Make no mistake. Don't believe that somebody's going to sweep in and boom, they're going to solve it all. No, 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 that's not the way it works. And I mentioned uh, my reasonings. What government agency have you seen shut down in the last, you know, many years in government? What decrease in spending have you actually seen in the last whatever years? When have you seen Americans that are liberty-minded, freedom-fighting patriots get out of jail or stay out of jail? When do you see the clowns and criminals going to jail? So you don't see any of those telltale signs. Most importantly, to hammer home the point, can we cancel council culture? Let me say that again. Can we cancel cancel culture? And it seems like we don't even, we're not even able to do that. We also talked about California Democrats are proposing a new, quote, wealth tax. They say billionaires are not paying what they owe while enjoying the building of their big empires. And so they want to create a tax in California that follows somebody who leaves California. In other words, they'd be taxed forever. You can laugh at California, but last week, Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, Maryland, Minnesota, New York, and Washington all proposed similar legislation to tax wealthy residents. Flat out unconstitutional, folks. Flat out unconstitutional. Many argue that the legislation is unconstitutional. I happen to be one of them. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live.
Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. The Honest Money Report starts now on Liberty Roundtable Live. Brian Rust, Honest Money. Dr. Honest Money is what I call a guy. Welcome back, sir. Hey, thanks, Sam. Glad to be with you. Kelly Finnegan, welcome, my friend. Good morning. Ready to go after hearing your intro. Gotta love it. Welcome to the broadcast, gentlemen. Let's start with the Honest Money Report. Where's gold sitting, Brian? Uh, let's see. This morning, it's 1933.5. Um, that's up a little bit, right? Yep. Yeah, it's up All a little right. bit more. 1933.50 silver. 23.86. It used to be 61, so that's up a teeny bit too, right? Yeah. All right. We see, uh, for the most part, though, not a lot uh, of change, really. That's surprising with all the turmoil out there, Kelly. Yeah, I mean, it's been going up and down during the week, but uh, they're, they're holding on, and that's what's supposed to be. It's supposed to be stable. Well, and when we say they're holding on, uh, I don't know who's holding on because the American people are suffering big time, Brian. This, um, you know, they said in the beginning this inflation was, uh, what, temporary or whatever they want to call it. And, and, man, boy, howdy, did they get caught lying or spitting something that they didn't really have any evidence or factual reality to, right? Uh, you're right. Uh, <clears throat> I think that, you know, I think they're, you know, we're looking at, what, recession? I mean, is that the next, you know, that's kind of where, you know, it's coming upon us, really. I mean, you know, you look at these metals and it's paper-driven. I, you know, I, I look at it like, okay, it's, you know, it, 
it doesn't shock me this, that, or the other, one way or the other, in a sense, on this, because it's, you know, the motivation for these big uh, banking institutions like J.P. Morgan, which is, you know, the, the corrupt and, and the fines they pay and all this to manipulate and, and uh, are able to manipulate that stock market wherever it wants to go. And, uh, you know, if they don't like you and your company, then they're going to create something where your stock just falls out, falls off the chart and people panic and they can just do it with a, with a, you know, machines that they can just kind of play the game. And so it's, there's just a lot of corruption in that corruption in so many things. And well, you, <laughs> you've mentioned a lot of this corruption that's happening and <clears throat> this FAA thing. I thought that was very interesting. So yeah, very yeah, strange we, indeed. And we told them, so we warned them, we told them, look, vaccines never go well. Now, I know we didn't know the future of vaccines, but here's what we knew. We knew every time they try to release vaccines uh, into the masses quickly, we know that it always goes wrong. We have a historical reality of this, and that's why we are so confident that we would be right and they would be wrong. But listen to this, Kelly. Inflation out of control one year after Biden and others claimed it would be temporary. It's out of control. Well, and they said we're not in recession because the employment's still good. Well, look at all these layoffs. Tell me that the employment's still good there, Joe. What about that? Oh, they'll come up with something else, you know. Look over there. Look, there's a squirrel. <laughs> hey, I just looked. I saw it. <laughs> well, it all depends on how you define, you know, hey, unemployment or employment. See, if I'm employed and Brian's not, it's okay. See? Or Brian's employed, but you're not. It's okay there, Kelly. See, when both of you are unemployed, then you got to look at me. And if we're all three unemployed, then it's really bad. See, that's the way they want you to believe it to be. But what about if you're underemployed? Meaning that I work my guts out every day. I had a good paycheck yesteryear. Uh, but in two or three years, inflation at 10% per year or whatever else, 15% per year, I've literally been stripped out of a good job. So, yes, I'm working my guts out. But I don't know that you can consider me fully employed in the traditional sense i'm fully employed with work not fully employed with the ability to deal with society on those terms though brian yeah that's that's exactly true and it you know when it doesn't affect us per se it's you know well we're fine kind of thing but but you know so many others aren't i think if you know maybe that's the rallying cry i mean maybe we get the all these people that are losing their jobs or or uh, working as hard as they can for for no increase or barely barely making it, you know, is that the that's the voice that we should be we should be pushing or or maybe the rally of of the people that that are in that situation. Let's hear their voice, and see where they're at, and, and and what's happening, you know, real life right there today. All right, I got an interesting statistic for you guys. Are you ready? Sure. If I were to work. Literally 24-7. I don't know if you know, but that's 168 hours in a week. <laughs> so if I were to work 168 hours, man, every single week, for 52 weeks that I made the minimum wage, and I'm not advocating for minimum wage. Don't misunderstand me. $7.25 an hour, according to your government. Do you realize how much I'd make? Let's hear it. 62 grand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And, I, you know, that's if I worked 24-7, 365 and a quarter days a year. Literally no break, no stop, 24-7, literally every hour, every second, all the time. I'd only make 62 grand. 
Now, I'm not downing 62 grand if you make 62 grand, folks. But I will say this. It's hard if you have a family uh, or almost impossible these days to really make a living, buy a house, exist, do well, prosper, save, uh, et cetera, uh, on 62 grand, Kelly. It's really tough. Exactly. And that's why, you know, wives or domestic partners have to work now, you know, and that way, oh, well, it, it, we make, gosh, together, you know, we, we make that. We, we do okay. And, and it's completely changed. I mean, my grandpa supported a family wife and six kids on one salary and now you can't do that with two incomes you got to have an extra job driving for uber delivering taco bell you know it's it's incredible how it's changed and people accept it but it's okay brian because if you and your wife work your guts out at minimum wage 24 7 both of you which means you don't see each other unless you work together uh, then you guys make 125 grand together buddy you're doing all right see six figures baby <laughs> you know what the problem is, though, don't you, Sam? Uh, I'm scared, but what's the, that? The, the the problem is is that we don't really look at the fact of okay, uh, both parents are now in the workforce, and 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 the downslide of the family is really getting hit. And yeah, and then we're wondering why Johnny's out there shooting everybody, huh? Yeah, that's it. Just imagine if we could come home, we could sit down at the dinner table and eat and pray together and stuff like that, and talk about our days and have people feel loved and supported and cared for and concerned about and stuff like that. Just imagine what it would do to the psyches of the young ones. I mean, it might be as bad as hanging up the Ten Commandments. They might actually feel good and believe. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Kelly, this, in my mind, is insane, but now it's going to get worse. Are you ready? The IRS warns taxpayers that they must answer a new question on their tax forms or suffer the consequences, such as delayed refunds or most likely even penalties. You say, Sam, what are you talking about? Well, here's the deal. The IRS issued an alert to taxpayers on Tuesday, reminding them that they must report all listen digital asset related income and they need to an answer a quote new digital asset question on their 2022 federal income tax forms or suffer the consequences the irs said in a january 24th press release that a key change on 1040 forms this year is that the agency has replaced a term virtual currency with digital assets, in addition to some other modifications of the wording. The quote, yes or no question, which was expanded and revised this year to update the terminology reads as follows. At any time during 2022, did you, A, wow, receive as a reward or a payment for property or services, or B, sell, exchange, gift, or otherwise disposed of a digital asset or a financial instrument deemed to be a digital asset or a financial interest in a digital asset. The question appears at the top of all the different forms, and all taxpayers must answer the question regardless 
of whether they engaged in any transaction regarding digital assets or not, the agency cautioned. It's a, quote, legal requirement that you got to report all income, including from digital assets. And um, anyway, the IRS provides then a detailed explanation of what constitutes a digital asset. And it's literally everything you can think of. So you need to check this box if you've received, and then they go into a bunch of different things. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about those things and get Brian's response, as well as Kelly's response, because this is the Liberty Roundtable Live Honest Money Report, sponsored by RustQuinnandGift.com. Dr. Honest Money, that's who we're talking to, and you've got a friend in the honest money business. RustQuinnandGift.com in seconds on your radio. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. The U.S. economic growth cooled slightly to 2.9% annual rate in the fourth quarter, ending a year of high inflation and rising interest rates. Despite signs of resilience, economists at the Wall Street Journal remain concerned about the possibility of a recession. An asteroid the size of a delivery truck will whiz past the Earth on Thursday night, one of the closest such encounters ever recorded. NASA insists it will be a near miss with no chance of the asteroid hitting Earth. NASA said Wednesday that this newly discovered asteroid will zoom 2,200 miles above the southern tip of South America. That's ten times closer than a portion of communication satellites circling overhead. Facebook and Instagram are reinstating a former world leader that they suspended in 2021. You're going to be able to once again like what former President Trump has to say or give him the thumbs down. The former president having his Facebook and Instagram accounts reinstated. Meta, the owner of both social media sites, announced on Wednesday that Trump's accounts will be made active again in the coming weeks. But the company promised they now have safeguards in place to prevent repeat offenses. Trump was suspended from both accounts in 2021 after calling January 6th rioters great patriots. I'm John Schaefer. Ukraine's allies have provided thousands of armored vehicles, artillery pieces, aircraft, and other weapon systems to help the country fight back against Russia's invasion. But requests for top-of-the-line NATO standard battle tanks, above all, have been denied until now. The German-made Leopard and U.S. Abrams will soon be on their way to the battleground created by Russia's invasion of its neighbor. President Biden on Wednesday. Today I'm announcing that the United States will be sending 31 Abrams tanks to Ukraine, the equivalent of one Ukrainian battalion. Thanks for listening. It's well appreciated. This is USA News. The inventor and CEO of MyPillow is always looking for ways to solve everyday problems. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store? But then when you go to use it, it's not very absorbent. It's basically a towel that's leaving you out to dry. That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually dry you. The six-piece towel set includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors. And right now, 
now you can receive a six-piece set for only $39.98 with promo code USA. Go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and they have a 60-day money-back guarantee. To receive this amazing offer on the six-piece set of MyPillow towels, just go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special and enter promo code USA or call 800-951-8175. That's MyPillow.com, promo code USA. Brian Rust, Kelly Finnegan, RustQuinnegan.com on your radio. We're talking about this new question from the IRS that relates to digital assets. And you got to check, yes, I've been involved in digital assets if any of the following are true. If you receive digital assets for payments for property or services provided, if you transfer digital assets for free without receiving any consideration as a, quote, bona fide gift, if you received digital assets from an award, if you've received digital assets from mining uh, and other activities, anyway, if you've received from a hard fork or whatever you want to call it, that's a branching of a cryptocurrencies, whatever, if you've exchanged in property or services, if you've disposed of a digital asset, in exchange for another digital asset, if you sold a digital asset or otherwise disposed of any other financial interest in a digital asset. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. You should check the no box if you merely own digital assets and or if you merely transferred from one digital wallet to another that you own. But this is serious because I told you this was coming. They let digital currencies flourish because they knew that in the back door of the digital currencies, they would take control. So get everybody hooked on digital, then go ahead and back end regulate it and slowly but surely create their own and then drive out the competition. That's how they intend to change your money supply. This is evidence that I'm spot on, Kelly. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and there's going to be a lot of people that say, yeah, I own Bitcoin, and I and I, you know, it was at sixty nine thousand dollars, and I sold it for twenty thousand. So I get a write off of forty nine thousand dollar loss on every one of those Bitcoins. So you owe me a bigger refund, and you can't tell me this is going to happen. Yeah, the government, they're they're grasping for every little penny they can get because they're spending way more than they have or can get legally. Well, not even legally, just the way that they do it, supposedly legitimately. Brian? Yeah, I agree with Kelly. I just, <clears throat> and there's a, you know, they're, they're going to have their finger in everything. You know, they can't, you know, we've talked about it a little bit about other countries getting involved in digital. They're trying to, to create their own digital and then would force everybody realistically to either pay if there's some side things going on and that they would be control. It's like the, this, uh, petrodollar thing i mean it's it's major control and, and now they're, they're seeing it slip away and other countries not wanting to deal in it and so they're trying to figure out how they can still manage to manipulate the markets and and have control it's it just like we're the peasants throw your mites in the in the you know 
bring your mites to the, the well or whatever, to the basket, because we're going to take as many mites as we can take. And uh, you rely on us to, to make the decisions, and, and uh, we're, you're going to be taxed for it. But I warned all of you that this digital currency taxing would come. And yeah. I also warned you that this would be the back door. You think your digital currencies are safe from government. You think that this blockchain is solid and nobody can hack it or jack it or do something to disrupt it. It just isn't true. Right. And that's why I push back so hard on this is because people are just like, oh, Sam, you must not understand the digital currency. Don't you know that? And they try to go off on some big old digital explanation as if they're going to help me understand it um, in some way. But listen to this. Speaking of banking, at Goldman Sachs, 3,200 jobs are the price of ambition. Yeah. The investment bank plans to cut up to 3%, or let's see, up to 6% of their workforce. Uh, so Goldman Sachs, folks, they're going ahead and letting go of people, Brian. Yeah. Man, those banking so, folks don't have enough money. <laughs> well, when it hits the, the, the CEO's bottom line, he's got to make his. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I find it interesting, these big companies, I mean, they, they they let them go because hey it's 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 money out of their pocket, and so uh, um, and we're seeing all kinds of things. What 3M and and all kinds of uh, these companies are are letting people go. And how how well does that affect the economy? I mean, are we seeing the numbers from that? I mean, everything's coming. They keep telling us everything's going to be fine, and so and well, wow, these numbers are, throughout all these companies doesn't look too good. They are facing economic challenges over there at Goldman. <laughs> Kelly? Well, to them, an economic challenge is that the stock didn't go up. And getting rid of people is the easiest way to make the stock go up because your expenses are much lower. So, yeah, that's an economic challenge to them. Now, I'm not very smart, so I want you guys to help me with this. Okay? Maybe you can help me with this understanding because... It kind of eludes me. I don't understand this. So they say this. They say um, Goldman Sachs is suffering in this largest rounds of layoffs because they're facing what they call economic challenges and cuts costs after. Now listen to this part. An expensive foray into consumer lending. Now, the bank has an expensive foray into consumer lending. Now, I thought consumer lending was supposed to make them money, Brian. How can it be an expensive foray when you make money at it? There's only one answer, but I want to I want to see what you say here. Well, <laughs> well I know it's a trap, it's... sir. Pick me, pick me, pick me. Here, hey, Kelly. What do you got? What do you? What do you? <laughs> Kelly, what, what do you got? Well, the the deal is people aren't paying back their loans. No, you end. mean they're supposed and, to make money, but that only works if people pay. Yeah, and as oh. or people Whoa. aren't borrowing money anymore. How come? Because they don't have. They can't. They know they can't afford to pay it back. How come? 
I'm like a little kid. It's this circle. It's like, because the government screwed around with the money. How come? Because <laughs> the government wanted to spend on things like Vietnam and build nice memorials to soldiers and lots of stuff. <laughs> Learn about empires. We're at the last yeah. stages of empire. Read the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Well, it's it. Hey, one one interesting uh, piece here is the fact of you you've got you've got Goldman Sachs who's been been making tremendous amounts of money over the last number of years because they're able to manipulate these markets. So for them to cry out, oh, we're we're just we're losing. People aren't paying back. Yeah, maybe right now, but the the fines that you paid in the hundreds of millions of dollars because you made billions of dollars in profit. How about we talk about that? What'd you do with that money? Well, that's a fair question to ask, but I just want to keep saying how come, because if I ask enough how comes, we'll find out they've created a fake money system, and that's the problem, Kelly. Yeah. Well, if the answer is, Sam, you wouldn't understand it. You're, you're just not smart enough to get it. You know, believe it or not, I asked two politicians this years ago, and the Democrat politician told the truth and the Republican politician lied. What happened is when I asked those questions and I drilled into it like I'm, I'm mentioning, where you get to the dishonest money created out of thin air, fake, you know, the Republican basically said, Sam, if you'd go get a degree in economics, then you can come back and we can discuss this together. So he literally punted and lied. Okay. The Democrat said, you know what, Sam, you're right. The only problem is I don't know what I can do about it. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Very yeah, I always go with the Republicans because not. That's the problem. So, look, this is serious, though. So here's the question. If this gets much worse and we do literally tip into a recession, some are saying, well, we're going to have a little dip in the economy. It's going to be a little bit recession-esque, but don't worry. It's short-lived. And others are saying, no, we got an economic crash coming. Um, they're literally chilling the economy in too many ways, taking away all the stimulus, Asking these questions, making people pay more taxes. The IRS has warned now that many taxpayers should expect a smaller tax refund this season because of the tax law changes, no stimulus, on and on and on and on. Uh, excuse me, on and on. But you can expect smaller refunds. Brian, what do you say to that? Well, I think the, the, the problem is, is that it's, it's spinning out of control. And they don't they don't know what to do or how to handle basically the issues, but they've created the monster. I mean, you're you know, let's you know, they don't want people to work. We're going to we let's get this COVID thing. And then you can't work. We're shutting down business. We're not allowing you to. And it's going to be OK. You know, it's, we're just going to do this temporary. We're going to come through this. Businesses will come back. Well, the businesses aren't coming back. People, you know, they're, and, and more and more companies are laying off people. And, and there's, you know, people. You know, they don't have that nest egg. And, you know, even though we've been preaching the fact of, okay, that's why we have metal basically to offset all these losses, or at least it gives you some peace of mind. Rush quite and a gift.com in seconds on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? 
Republicans, who are they? Democrats, who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Kelly Finnegan, Brian Russ, RussConeyGift.com, and yours truly on your radio, talking about the Honest Money Report, ladies and gentlemen. IRS says you better put digital assets on your tax forms now. If not, there'll be serious consequences. They also say you're going to get less money in your refund. It's so bad, Goldman Sachs cutting 3,200 jobs, saying, by golly, it's sure rough. Man, we had an expensive foray into consumer uh, lending now. Well, man, no one's paying their loans. Kelly nailed the $64,000 question. Right before the pause, though, uh, Brian was talking about uh, this. Look, I don't see any easy way out of this, Brian. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, they just they made a mess of, of what they're doing, and, and they continue to make mess. They Band-Aid this to fix this, the Band-Aid that. It's, it's really affecting and hurting you know, the bottom line of the people. So and and realistically, they don't care about the people. We know that, but they they keep saying they do. But you know, it's 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 a mess. It's I, I like this that last ad you you talked of the day of reckoning. Well, how how about we spend a little less? How about we we you know instead of just this stimulus stuff, we keep doing the stimulus. How about we really look at the situations and problems and help the the American people because we can't help each other unless you know we have the means to do so. And if you keep taking the means. Well, and and that's what they want, I guess. Is we're now we're just we're, we just stand in a line, wait for our piece of bread. I think Brian is spot on on this, Kelly. And I would add to what he has to say, but I don't want to offend my friend my friend Jerry. <laughs> well, and one of the problems we have is every two or four years they they give us a choice between A or B, and we we fall for it and we pick A or B when the correct answer is none of the above, right. and guys are going to say whatever they as long as they can get reelected they're going to tell us whatever we think we want to hear and people are going to vote for that because this guy's going to give me something that the other guy can't you take away yeah. the, that re, the ability to be reelected and they have no reason to lie because they, they're, they're in one term that's it 
Yep. Sir. Yeah, but they're lame ducks, and they'll sell us down the river and collect as much from the lobbyists as they can during that dereliction of duty lame duck session for sure. The reason I said I don't want to offend my uh, friend Jerry is because, look, they've jerry-rigged the system, folks. <laughs> Big time. And I feel bad for Jerry. Poor guy. Look at that name. It's, wow. You know? <laughs> All right, right, here's the question. We just sent a bunch of tanks to the Ukraine, and so did Germany. So the question is this to you, Brian, and then Kelly. Does sending tanks to Ukraine make this a Western war against Russia now? Brian? Yeah, I mean, uh, that, you know, I, I, that's a good question. I mean, is it, is it what, is, are we... Is Russia looking at all of us? Basically, we're 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 uh, we're in the war, I guess. Basically, supporting all that's going on. So, um, I guess more tanks and so on. It gives us, it gives them power to. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I mean, Kelly, what do you think? Well, Russia says it is, and if Russia says it is, then that's what they believe, and and perception is reality. So, yeah, for all intents and purposes, yes. Yeah, here's the problem, Brian. You're an innocent American, and you don't believe you're in a war. But the Russians think you're in the war, buddy. So, yeah, I agree. I don't know how to answer that either, because I, I, Brian's point's well taken. You know, what does it mean? We have not declared an official war uh, via the United States Congress as prescribed by our supreme law. However, we're literally uh, getting involved in and aiding and abetting nations who are literally in a hot war between the two. Uh, and you kind of go, wow, are, are we in it? Well, maybe we're not in it in our own minds, but in the minds of the rest of the world, we certainly are. And that's right. the problem of we've upped the ante substantially to where now I don't see how we can back away from this thing uh, in a well, very productive way. Sam, really quickly, I mean, it's still Korea was a police action, right? Yes, sir. So, but it was a war. <laughs> but we, we call it a police action. You know, that's the yeah, that way you don't got to use the term war and obey all the constitutional requirements, right? Yeah. So, they, yeah, Congress didn't call it, but that's okay. They, they didn't do a lot of stuff. The president says this or whatever, and, and then we're at, at war. They're well, they call it a police action, but then later after the fact they call it a war because we always refer to the Korean War, not yeah, a police it action. Looks good. But at the yeah, time yeah. it was a police action. But look, you got Korea North and South in question. You've got now Russia, Ukraine in question. Here's the next question. Are you ready? Does the coming war with China over Taiwan have an effect? What about that one? What happens if China goes for Taiwan? Right. Are we expecting Taiwan, a coming war with China, Kelly? Ty, well, they're afraid of Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan has all their missiles aimed at the Three Gorges Dam, and they take that out, and they'll divide China in two, and they'll flood Shanghai, Beijing. So China knows, and, and that one of their engineers said, do not build the Three Gorges Dam. That was his dying words. And they went ahead and did it because they could build the biggest dam in the world. They know that will be the first target Taiwan hits is the Three Gorges Dam. What do I say? Damn, that's huge. <laughs> it's a huge dam. That darn damn site. Wow. I look at this and just go, my goodness gracious. What are we getting ourselves into, ladies and gentlemen? Every one of these issues just brings us to the brink on so many fronts. Pardon the pun, but how long till the dam breaks? 
Well, good point. I, you know, I think that uh, what we've, we've talked in the past, and I, I've kind of felt this line, and, and, you, and you read in history and so on. I mean, we get into this monetary thing, and things are happening, and we're, we're struggling and so on. But what do elitists do? Elitists take you to war. And we said that before. The elitists take you to war, and that's where we're headed. They're taking us to war if we're not already in war. And I would say we're in war. So it's, it's, it's one more piece of the puzzle. You know, to keep well, and what about a war between the politicians and us? In other words, the deep state and us or the shadow right. government and us. Look, Civil. anybody that's a patriot, they want to toss in jail, Kelly. Yeah. Hey, Sam, you talked earlier about China having a monopoly on all these strategic metals and things. The United States has just as many. It's just with the EPA regulations. They won't let them mine it. Montana's got more than China, but they won't let them do it. So we, we put ourselves, well, it's like oil. We're going to go yeah. back and all these dictators in the world when we've got Because the left-footed blackbird might be in jeopardy, right, Kelly? Oh, yeah, some <laughs> frog or something that, you know. Hey, there's a yeah, Kurt used to make fun of left-handed yet. prairie dogs, you know. <laughs> well, it, and of course they didn't discover the right-handed ones yet. Well, they're coming. Just got to have more scientific <laughs> breakthroughs. It's amazing with, with all the, the, the hamstringing they've done, we're even able to function as we are. That shows you how strong the United States is. As and how, res, how resilient the checks and balances are on the supreme law of the land and everything. They've been trying to shut it down for decades, and they still can't get it done, huh? Nope, they still well, can't. And uh, they're trying their, 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 their hardest. Well, because they want the control. I mean, it's it's we look at I look at the lifeblood of this country. That was the farmer and the hardworking family, and they were working the land, and and yet the control, you know, to shut them down and to shut this down, and the, and and the, our, you know, the the weather's changing, so we have to have this climate control. We got to control that, and then we got to control this, and this. I mean, it's one thing after another. They're just twisting this up so we can't move or do anything other than stand in a line and get our mess of pottage and of this. And, and it just is, it, it's, it's crazy. No voice because they throw you in jail. Any association, yeah, this is what's going to happen to you. So, I mean, it's just fear factor and all these other things instead of us rallying together. But it's, we're, yeah, civil war. We're, having, we're, civil, we're in the middle of civil war, too. So, yeah. I don't want war, Kelly. Well, war. I mean, we're we we've been at war with China for probably the last five years at least, and uh, the EU has been at war with Russia economically. And you know, we just try to keep it where, hey, let's just make sure nobody gets hurt, nobody, you know, no arms. But we're really at war, and uh, and now we got the WEF putting their nose in everything, thinking that they're going to make bring all these leaders in and. Uh, They've screwed that up now. You can see in, North, in New Zealand that the prime ministers had to resign, and and now you know Trudeau's probably next. So people are people are fighting back. And thank heavens they are. I want you to please watch the documentary, Grid Down, Power Up. Have you seen it yet, Brian? No. We need to add this to my show notes and remind people to watch this documentary. It is shocking, gentlemen. Uh, it's called Grid Down, Power Up. You can watch it for free on the Internet, from what I understand, or inexpensively. 
Uh, have you seen it, Kelly? I haven't, but I will definitely have to make sure either my wife and I watch it or I'll watch it by myself. Yeah, it might unsettle your wife there, Kelly. Oh, she, she, she and my daughter are both ostriches. You know, they're blue pill people. They want to think everything will be okay. My wife's favorite word is hope. I'm like, yeah, I hope everything turns out right, too, but you got to do something. Well, and I agree with the hope idea, but hope in things that are not true or not reality. Let me give you a quick example to make the point before the end of the hour. Hope that, that God will save America when Americans don't deserve that saving because they've turned their back on God and we're an immoral people is a false hope. Now, hope that we can turn around and repent and change and that God can then bless us is a legitimate hope. Brian, I bring that up because you, hope is a wonderful thing, but you can't have hope in false premise that violates eternal law. You can't have hope in that, sir. Yeah, you're right. And I, I, I think there, you know, hope, we have to continue to hope that God will intervene or help us as we, we kind of fight. But, but we're, I think the, the, the issues that we fight now are, we're, we're so cluttered. There's so much clutter that what is real? What is truth? What is, I mean, you know, our, you know, what's our, our stand or our fight or testimony, all these things. There's just so much going on, and we're just twisted and turned that we don't have peace of mind. We can't. We just. We need to find time where we can relax or, or have that meditation and 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 understand and draw on God's power. I mean, there's just a lot of that, and I I just think the world's in chaos. But I do agree that we need to start with ourselves, and we need to work on it and turn to God. And there is hope if we turn to God and repent. Uh, and right. get up and, and keep his commandments and our actions match our hopes, Kelly. I think there was a term in World War One: uh, praise the Lord and pass the ammo. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think that's relevant so. as it all gets out, man. Beans, bullets, and Band-Aids, as they say. Not only that, you got to have a little bit of constitutional currency uh, in your uh, preparations. Because, folks, you're going to need to trade you're going to need to uh, work with others more and more and more. The um, I don't know what you want to call it, underground economy or the uh, whatever you want to call it. Trade economy is a coming. The black Look, market. The black market. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. I can trade with you. You can trade with me. And believe it or not, there's no inflation in that. And best of all, there is no government taxing in that as of yet. Brian, don't give me any ideas. <laughs> there you go. Day of reckoning. Get your medal. Protect your Amen paper. to that. Thank you, Brian. God bless. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Sam. This is always fun. Ladies and gentlemen, it's RussQuinningGift.com. You've got a friend. See the shining sea in the honest money business. RussQuinningGift.com. I am Sam Bushman. We all three declare God save the Republic of the United States of America. the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use. 
no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January 26th. In the year of our Lord, 2023, this is our two of two and the goal always to promote God, family, and country, to protect life, liberty, and property, to use the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America, the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers to peacefully restore the republic. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. All right, have I got uh, news that I find fascinating for you? Uh, and we're going to do our very best to crank through it all. I've got a, like three stories that I want to get to right now. Uh, then Lil Nelson campaign for Liberty.org is going to join me. We're going to break down the Utah legislative session uh, to give you guys kind of an idea of what's going on now. Most Americans believe that Fox is the good guys, the good network. The New York Times, CNN, those guys. They're the bad guys. They're the liberal news. But it's not so, ladies and gentlemen. I agree CNN and uh, the New York Times have a more liberal bent on a daily basis than maybe Fox does. But Fox lies and manipulates, and they've had sexual scandals and everything else. Just as much, if not more so, than the supposed liberals. So I don't think they hold the moral high ground is the point, right? Well, anyway, there's an interesting article that's in the New York Times that I saw today. Now, I'm not defending the New York Times in any way. But I will say this. The commentary is fascinating. Stories written by Jeremy W. Peters. All right. And the headline says this. The New York Times seeks documents in suit against Fox News. What is it about? Most of the evidence in the case has remained under seal at the request of Fox lawyers. Now, wait a minute. Why would Fox's lawyers want to keep this all under wraps? And why, of all people, would the New York Times want to get to the bottom of it? I don't know. Because I don't even know who's who half the time, right? People who you think are our friends turn out to be our enemies. Case in point, we thought Newsmax was a great organization a long, long time ago. We find out they've been funding the Clintons. Okay? Chris Freddy and folks over at Newsmax funding the Clintons. So what the heck? I don't know. But the New York Times asked the judge on Wednesday to unseal some legal filings that contain previously undisclosed evidence in the defamation lawsuit brought against Fox News by Dominion Voting Systems. That's, of course, they say the company targeted with conspiracy theories about you know, they're broken machines or they're dishonest machines and stolen votes, etc. right? Now, here's what I don't understand. Why does Fox want this information kept secret? And the New York Times wants to get the evidence, the information? 
most of the evidence they say in the case includes text messages and emails taken from a lot of the Fox broadcasters or Fox executives, on-air personalities, etc. Now, they say that federal law and law in the state of Delaware where the lawsuit's filed allows the people to have information. Now, they say that the commentary of the hosts and guests was protected under the First Amendment and that the allegations of fraud made by the Donald and others were newsworthy even if they were false. But the public has a right to transparent judicial proceedings to ensure that the laws are being provided and applied fairly. Judge Davis has offered or scheduled uh, something in April to work on this. But my question to all of you is this. Why is the New York Times for transparency here and Fox having their attorneys request that the case be under seal? Why does Fox have something to hide? What does the New York Times get out of it? Do they have something to expose? Who's on whose side is the next question that I would ask. In other words, what the heck's going on around here, right? Because I look at this, and it's not making sense to me. Is it to you? Wow, I find this fascinating, right? I find this very interesting, and I'm not sure what to make of it. I'm not really like a New York Times guy, but I will have to say that I wouldn't mind having this stuff uh, publicly, you know, available. You say, well, you know, Fox News has a right to keep it secret. Maybe they do. Maybe not. That's a debate. On one hand, a private company and a private organization and a private individual should have it, their wishes Maybe. But when it comes to these companies, I mean, are they public companies? Is Fox News organization a public company? Well, that's debatable, Sam. It's owned by Rupert Murdoch and clowns. Uh, Yeah, but if you're that much in the news and you're that involved and you've been given special privilege via cable networks and all kinds of other, I don't know what you want to say, partnering with government projects or getting your hand involved with the government, at what point do you say, hmm, I don't know that they have a right to keep this quiet anymore. Uh, But then I say, why would they want to keep it quiet in the first place? What advantage does Fox News have to keep this under seal at the request of Fox's lawyers? What, What reason, what benefit, what cui bono is the term used, right? And I'm kind of wondering what the heck. Because to me, it really doesn't make sense. Does it to you folks? Anyway, very interesting when the New York Times is looking for transparency and Fox is looking for secrecy. I find that a fascinating concept. Do you? All right. Second story that I've got for you. 
drop in illegal crossings after border limits. Yeah, crossings by migrants from Cuba, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Haiti have plummeted. That's right. Why, you may ask? They say that the Republicans and some Democrats have attacked the policies. Dateline Washington, right? The Biden, the Biden administration said on Wednesday that border enforcement measures that have rolled out this month uh, well, have led to a decline in the number of crossings on the southern border. But here's the problem. Claiming success from policies that have drawn some criticism from Republicans and even some Democrats. You see, on January the 5th, the administration said that it would deny people from Cuba, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Haiti a chance to apply for asylum for asylum if they cross the Mexican border without authorization between official what they call ports of entry. So listen carefully. Joe Biden on January 5th said, hey, we're not going to take these people. You can't cross the border. I know that a lot of people are fleeing economic hardship and everything else. Cubans, Nicaraguans, particularly have been crossing in large numbers in recent months, okay? Now, the United States has not been able to expel them because of, quote, diplomatic restraints based on agreements with those countries and their governments. Now, they say the overwhelming attack or at the border is um, overwhelming everyone. But previously, migrants from those countries were allowed to stay in the United States until the United States figured out what they were going to do so they could stay here temporarily. But the administration can now expel them because... Mexico has agreed to accept these migrants from Cuba, Haiti, and Nicaragua. Why? Because they can now be removed from the United States based on Title 42. Wait a minute. Wasn't that a Donald Trump thing? I thought... Biden was against it. Trump was for it. Oh, now the landscape. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an immigrant. Ask an immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace Nuttall as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. 
Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married and have some kids. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman talking about the border. This is a very strange, strange uh, article. Drop in illegal crossings after border limits. In October, the Homeland Security Department said the number of times Cubans, Nicaraguans, Haitians, and Venezuelans were caught crossing illegally fell 97%. Isn't that awesome? Well, not so fast. <laughs> We're talking about Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen. Right? Uh, so not so fast. I wish you could count on it. But with this, you've got Republicans complaining. And the reason that they're complaining is because in the details are yes, on one hand, it puts people at the border uh, to, to be required to stay in Mexico. That sounds good. But because of the way Joe Biden is combining this with allowing illegals to come into the United States, it might be a temporary benefit of Title 42, but it's a gargantuan setback is the truth. Because they have all kinds of rules that, you know what, if you stay in Mexico... You obey Title 42, you don't cross the border illegal, but we'll fast-track you into America. And that's where the Republicans are having a cow over this, going, wait a minute, we can't be fast-tracking people into America like this. That's not the way. Well, they're right. The battle's on. But here's the, this is what I mean by it's about impossible to pick sides. It isn't Republican-Democrat, folks. Understand that clearly. At first, you say, well, Joe's on the side of Title 42. By golly, these Republicans, what are they talking about? Well, you got to dig in and understand the whole story. The whole story is that, yes, you know, Biden's learned that Title 42, you can get a lot of 
quote, political muscle. You can get a lot of political capital out of being for Title 42 there now. But yet in the long run, we're fast-tracking people who normally couldn't come to America. And we're doing so by skirting our own laws. By kind of manipulating the way things are supposed to work. That's how it's happening. Anyway, I wanted to bring that story to your attention regarding the border because it's a critical story. Don't be deceived and think, oh, man, Joe, he's starting to rock. Good for Joe. And don't think good on the Republicans either, right? All right, there you have it. Just thought I'd bring that to your attention. Now, I got a hero story for you, okay? Headline says, hero citizens risking lives in line of fire. By Julie Bozeman, Mitch Smith, and Alyssa Fawcett, and Sir Jeff Koleski, or whatever the heck their names are. A seventh grade science teacher in Noblesville, Indiana was helping a student with a test when a classmate returned from the bathroom, drew a handgun from his pocket, and began firing. Mr. Seaman, the teacher, now 34 years old, threw a mini basketball at the student and then charged, swiftly disarming him. Now that, in my mind, is a hero teacher. All right, this guy literally just threw this basketball to distract the student and rushed him, took him down. The teacher said there was no choice. It was either do something or die, he said in an interview on Tuesday, recalling the details of the shooting. It left him with gunshot wounds wounds in the abdomen, in the forearm, and in the hand. When you're in that literal life-or-death situation, I'm dang sure I'm going to fight. That's what the teacher said. Now look, run, hide, fight became the guidance of the federal government in how to handle these active shooter attacks. Um, With the massacre at Sandy Hook in 2012, that's what they said. You know what? Run, hide, fight. Americans were encouraged to confront the gunman. Now, I agree with the confront the gunman. Okay? Why did it take so many shootings before we decided to do that? Because we've been taught our whole lives, let the cops handle it, right? But look, it's been drilled into our heads in the recent years. In schools and in workplaces everywhere, not to mention private training sessions. You need to fight. Now, here's the problem. Ready? They say mass shootings have become an esker, I'm sorry, an ever-escalating plague. I agree with that. Now, gun restriction advocates claim that no Americans should have to put their lives on the line 
uh, when dealing with a gunman in a dance hall, religious service, a mall, a high school, some of these kind of things. But in high-profile situations or massacres, if you will, in recent months, the last resort to fight has been taken up by bystanders who've attacked the gunmen and stopped them before they could continue. Yeah, in Colorado Springs, Colorado, I guess there was uh, several people who subdued an assailant who entered a nightclub and killed five people in the matter of seconds. They stopped them. In suburban Indianapolis last summer, an armed bystander fatally shot the gunman who had already killed three people. I guess in a mall food court, right? And in Los Angeles County, an employee of a dance hall wrestled, and they call it an assault pistol, which is bogus, out of the hands, out of a gunman, who they say already shot 20 people in another venue and seemed bent on doing more mayhem, damage. This could have been much worse, said the sheriff. Now listen to this. Um, they say experts are now saying that bystander intervention, um, bystander intervention in active shooting situations ends the threat in a significant minority of cases. And the forces that drive people to intervene are varied, but in many situations, bystanders are unable to run or hide, so they're trapped in classrooms, churches, etc., with attackers who are armed with high-powered weapons, etc. Anyway, it goes on and on with this story. But in the significant minority of cases, it stops them. Why is it the minority of cases, you got to ask? Because I believe not enough people are stopping the shooters, right? But law enforcement can't be everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We're not slamming law enforcement because they're not there in time. Using the public as a tool of last resort has not caused the pace of mass shootings to slow down. They say... A, people standing up and stopping this could make you believe it's getting better, but it's not. Okay? The truth is, folks, is this. I agree that we need to confront the shooter immediately. And oftentimes, it will stop the carnage. Not always, but oftentimes. And I'm telling you that we don't do well. Let me say it again. We don't do well to do nothing virtually ever. Right? We don't, in my mind, do well by stopping or doing nothing. Okay? We do well when we stand up. Now you say, well, Sam, that's great, but man, who wants to put their lives on the line? 
your life's on the line already anyway. Right? And here's the most important point that I want to get across. How much more effective would people be in stopping the thugs if the good guys, the citizens, were armed? The faster a good guy with a gun gets there, we save lives, right? Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. The Commerce Department released their GDP report Thursday morning, and the U.S. economy cooled slightly to 2.9% annual rate in the fourth quarter. That ends a year of high inflation and rising interest rates. Despite signs of resilience, economists at the Wall Street Journal remain concerned about the possibility of a recession. More fallout in Virginia after a six-year-old child shot a teacher earlier this month. The Newport News School Board is getting rid of its superintendent, George Parker, after the six-year-old boy allegedly snuck a gun into an elementary school and shot his teacher. On several occasions that day before the shooting, school officials missed opportunities to disarm the pupil when rumors of the child having a gun were met with inactions. Diane Toscano, attorney for the victim, Abigail Zverner. And a career she loved. Today, she's between surgeries and physical therapy appointments with a career in question. If you like Newsmax television, you may be out of luck. DirecTV is dropping the conservative network. The company saying that Newsmax demanded a rate increase. But Newsmax officials say the move amounts to nothing more than censorship and is an act of blatant political discrimination. Earlier this month, congressional Republicans wrote a letter to DirecTV's CEO saying Congress is going to conduct thorough oversight on the extent to which House Democrats collude with private companies to limit First Amendment rights. I'm John Schaefer. Elon Musk electric car company Tesla reported a profit of nearly $3.7 billion for the final three months of 2022. Former child star Lance Kerwin is dead at the age of 62. Kerwin became famous in the 1970s for starring in the TV series James at 15 and the 1979 miniseries Salem's Lot. Kerwin's agent says he died Tuesday of an undetermined cause in San Clemente, California. This is USA News. Streaming only on Peacock. From the mind of Brian Johnson, the writer-director of Knives Out. Miss Gale, you've got this gift. Always knowing the truth. I only know if something is a lie. The real trick of it is to figure out why. Natasha Leone is Charlie Kale. It wasn't an accident. I, I think there's been a murder. You watch too much Dateline. A new 10-part mystery series. Wolves on my fender. I gotta keep moving. I have been kind of a death magnet. Poker Face. Streaming now, only on Peacock. Nothing fights the winter blues like a delicious and satisfying meal. Luckily, Omaha Steaks makes it easy to stock up and fill your freezer with flavor. Save on perfectly portioned favorites, easy meals, and so much more with Omaha Steaks Freezer Filler Sale. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $30 off your order. That's $30 off an endless variety of gourmet choices. Visit omahasteaks.com, use promo code TREAT at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. All right, my dear friend Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, RonPaulInstitute.org. Welcome back, sir. Well, uh, well, good to be back, uh, Sam. Thank you for having me. 
Lowell Nelson, ladies and gentlemen, now going to provide a Utah legislature update, if you will. We're talking about the 2023 general session. Runs from January 17th to March 3rd. Wow, what do they call that? 45 days of pure terror. That's what I'm calling it, Lowell. But you're keeping an eye on everything happening, right? We try to do that, yes. Uh, Certainly some of the worst and best bills uh, are certainly on my radar, and I'll be happy to talk about them in short order here. Um, Usually we we talk about national uh, issues and so forth. Uh, The reason this is relevant to everybody across the country, however, is that there are probably bills very similar to these in your own state legislature. And so what can you do? Well, you can, uh, you can read the bills and be involved in, in talking to your legislators about them as well. So uh, I'm just saying that, you know, you can, you can benefit from, from hearing what, what's happening here in Utah because we got bad things are brewing uh, here in, uh, in Utah, and you probably do in your state as well. <clears throat> So the first one I want to talk about, that basically I, I, I group these bills in a bunch of good bills, some bad bills, and then some ugly bills. And uh, we've got nine good ones, six bad ones, three ugly ones, and uh, that gives us about a minute per bill to talk about these, although I will want to spend a little bit more time on some of them than others. But um, HB, uh, let's just dive right into it if that's okay, Sam. <clears throat> yes, sir. Yes, HB 131 is a vaccine passport prohibition, right? So lawmaker wants to uh, prohibit the use of health passports here in the state of Utah. And with the recent uh, G20 worldwide push for vaccine passports, we definitely need it here in Utah, and you probably need it in your state. The time to protect our citizenry is before the crisis happens. Will there be another crisis? I, I certainly believe there will be multiple crises ahead of us, and we don't want vaccine passports to be implemented here. If they were to be implemented, the likely standard would be the CDC guidelines, which currently recommends seven COVID vaccines, basically two vaccines and five boosters, with an additional booster every two months. Well, this would affect everyone. And, and, and if, you, if you miss one of the shots or a booster, then you're not up to date in your passport, and therefore you'll be denied, you know, entry to certain places, access to other places. Uh, your ESG score will be docked. I mean, all manner of, of problems will result if you, you know, if you don't keep your passport current. And so my question really is, when, since when do free societies require their, their citizens to show their papers? <clears throat> you know, reminds me of of Nazi Germany, right? Show me your papers, please. Well, uh, any society, Sam, that requires showing your papers as a condition of engaging as a patron or as an employee or as a business owner, now that society is not free. It's not free enterprise. And if you don't have free enterprise, then society itself uh, is not free. So, And so we're saying this bill is a good bill, right? Yes, it is a good bill because it prohibits the, the implementation of vaccine passports in the state of Utah. So HB 131, yes, because it's prohibiting the government from forcing vaccine passports on us. Now, the number two, three, and four that you have, the reason I'm taking them all on as a group, you can highlight each number, and they're different in nature, but they're really all about the same topic, right? Yeah, pretty much, and that's why they're kind of grouped here together. 
Um, HB 132 is a good bill prohibiting the, uh, the uh, health care provider from performing a medical procedure on a minor for the purpose of attempting sex change or sex transitioning, right? This is a flat-out prohibition, and it assumes that we already know that it's, that it's morally and, and physiologically wrong to bend the genders of our children and our teenagers, right? So that's 132, and, and that's the best bill, in my opinion. Now, SB 16 is not, not necessarily bad, but, but it basically, uh, you know, allows... It doesn't uh, it, go near far enough is the problem. Right. It, 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 it's, it's, I don't know. It's kind of a compromise approach, meaning that if you're already taking gender-bending therapy, then you can continue to do so, right? So it doesn't outlaw it strictly like the way 132 does. Uh, Senate Bill 16 says we're going to put a moratorium uh, on, you know, gender bending after a certain date. And if you are not engaged in, in, in changing your, your sex before that date, which is, you know, sometime this spring, then you cannot begin. But if you've already begun, then you may continue. So, okay, so, and then it also says we're going to do a study, a systematic review of medical evidence to determine whether gender bending is injurious or beneficial, right? I mean, there's some people that claim that changing your gender is a beneficial thing. Um, and, and, of course, most of us claim that it's injurious. Yeah, there's no evidence whatsoever it's injurious. And this next bill relates kind of to this complicated discussion, HB 228, unprofessional conduct, because that's kind of where this goes. You, know, you can have your opinion on this. But the scientific facts are there. To act against them is a conduct problem. Lowell? Right. And, in fact, today, see, if you're a healthcare professional, you can't even have a conversation with a minor who wants to, you know, is thinking about uh, changing his gender. Uh, right? If they're confused and have gender dysphoria, as a healthcare professional, you cannot counsel the that, that youth to do one thing or another. But... But this bill, if it passes, it would allow professionals to, to begin talking to youth again about gender dysphoria without affirming one way or another. But but today, I mean, you get you you get uh, penalized or, or or fined or thrown in jail if you talk to youth about their gender dysphoria in a way that doesn't affirm their wish to change their gender. It's just stupid. It's just plain evil the way the current law reads. And so this law, this bill would, would undo the the bad, the evil nature of that, that, that current law, which says you can't even talk to a youth um, uh, unless you affirm yeah. his desire to change gender. And my problem with all this is we leave it in the hands of these legislative bodies to decide such nuances in the first place. And that's how we get backed into these corners where this is horrible as it currently stands. And yes, on one hand, we need to do something. On the other hand, I find myself going, why do we continue to put our political will or our fate in the hands of these goons? Yeah, great question, Sam. I mean, they're, they're the legislators, and they are going to work their mischief every year. They're going to try to get something done, and usually what gets done is bad. I mean, I'm saying 90% of the stuff that happens there on the Hill is, is, is bad, maybe 80%. But I, I've tried to... to to get out of the gate this morning with a bunch of bills which are really good, 
because they're either undoing bad stuff or they're they're providing a way forward through this gender dysphoria uh, problem that 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 uh, I, I I think the the medical community has actually conjured up, right? I mean they stand to benefit huge monetarily uh, if they can get youth to begin changing their genders. I mean the the hormone therapy that's very expensive. Yeah, uh, and you the, would think in Utah this would be an easily slam. The door shut. This is insane, but it's not. No, because we got healthcare providers and in the industry here in Utah that stands to benefit monetarily in a big, big way. Because you know, sex change surgery is not simple. It's not easy. It's time-consuming, and therefore, it's a money-generating dynamo for these these money-grubbing you know, uh, physicians that actually want to do this on our minors, our innocent children. It, so are all these three bills a yes? Uh, yes, all three bills are a yes. And, and some push harder than others, folks. We're just trying to take any ground we can get, right? Absolutely right, Sam. <clears throat> yeah, this, this is the, uh, this topic really is the topic of the session this Amen year. Amen to that. <clears throat> and sadly okay. so, and we've got to move forward in a monumental way. HB 253, sir. That's Federalism Commission. Uh, it's all about helping the Federal Com- Federalism Commission um, do what they ought to be doing, what the state legislature should have been doing for decades. We're actually getting some traction here. And I, I view this as a good thing where, you know, the general government passes a law or issues a rule or something that falls outside of the of the uh, the warrant of the Constitution, meaning it's unconstitutional, then the Federalism Commission can refer that law or that action to an interim committee for evaluation, right? I mean, I think they should just slap it down the second they see it, but at least we're making steps in the right direction by referring the issue to a committee for evaluation. So that's a good step in the right direction. Very small step, but nevertheless, it is a step in the right direction. Sam? All right, let's skip the break, shall we? Let's go ahead and okay. just skip it. we got a lot to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. So this federal uh, federal commission amendments uh, actually a good thing, even though it might not sound like it, right? That's correct. Yes, it's, 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 it's putting us on the path to nullification of bad laws from the general government when it occurs. I mean, I, I, I would like it to happen immediately, but, you know, <clears throat> we're not there yet. So the more we get people thinking about federalism the better because federalism is the very foundation of our republic i mean it's the foundation of the u.s constitution so said thomas jefferson so we need more federalism and so any talk about or strengthening of the federalism commission i think is a good thing sam yeah and understand the federalism term don't get confused on it ladies and gentlemen what it's saying is that the government has restraints restraints and they're defined by the supreme law and we need to hold them to it is the quintessential point SB 116, Local Health Department Modifications. Lowell? This is an excellent bill, and it's, it's making the local health departments crazy because today they have the authority, or they, they believe they have the authority, to isolate or quarantine an individual. They can come right to your house, Sam, and they can tell, you know, you're dangerous to society. You need to stay at home, right? They have that authority today. This bill removes that authority, makes it very plain that they do not have the authority to isolate or quarantine an individual. They can make a recommendation, yes, 
but they don't have the absolute police power to quarantine you and, and require you to stay at home or stay in a hotel or stay in the hospital or whatever. So this is a very good bill, SB 116, and uh, it, it needs to be passed, Sam. Now let's be clear. We talked about uh, SB 16, and now we're talking about 116. They're two entirely different bills, but both bills are good. Now my yeah. a little bit worry with this local health department modifications is, yes, I agree they don't have the power, but if we're not careful... If we don't watch really carefully, folks, they're going to deny the local government that authority and power, but they're going to jump into the vacuum and have the state have that authority or power. We've got to guard against that as well, Lowell. Yeah, guard against both. You're absolutely right, Sam. All right, HB 179, sir. This is uh, called Founders and Constitution Recognition. Um, this uh, This bill would designate the month of September as the American Founders Month. And it describes the purpose of Constitution Day. It uh, looks like this is going to sail through. This is a good thing. Anytime you can improve and, and, and well, you know, make more visible this, uh, this marvelous blueprint for liberty, the U.S. Constitution, the better. Uh, and so this would make, you know, it's a good thing. So I, I don't expect any opposition to it. <clears throat> it's a good thing, but I also say that for the most part, Ladies and gentlemen, if we don't understand the supreme law of the land and demand obedience to it, uh, it can be a wave the flag day or wave the flag month and become unimportant. The reason that it's good is because it's got to start somewhere, folks. Okay, so we're not saying there should be mandates here. What we are saying is, hey, there's nothing wrong with designating this and highlighting this so that people can focus on it, take it seriously and get education. I don't want you to think this bill does anything to solve anything. But it does highlight the recognition. It does start the educational process, which is key to future wise decisions is the point, Lowell. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Sam. Is it substantive? No. Is it decorative? Yes. And it's decorative in the right way, kind of like the Federalism Commission bill. It gets us moving in the right direction, gets people talking about the right things. But does it really do anything? Well, no, not yet. All right, HB 155 is good news if we can get this sucker passed, Lowell. Boy, I'll tell you what, uh, independent election audits. This bill would require the lieutenant governor to contract with an independent auditor to conduct a voter registration audit, a post-election audit, and an election statistics audit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, it would be awesome. It would require that all of the materials, the ballots and everything, be available for, you know, to that auditor to, to make an independent audit. Now, this is awesome, uh, Sam, and, and Phil's going to have an uphill battle, Phil Lyman, getting this thing passed. But with your help, ladies and gentlemen, citizens of Utah, uh, talking to your legislators, we can make this happen. We need this so badly, Sam. We need Amen this to that. <clears throat> yes, and, on and HB 155, ladies and gentlemen. And um, the next one is similarly helpful, HB 171, because it would repeal the, the, the pilot project, the Municipal Alternate Voting Methods Pilot Project. And basically the essence of this pilot project, which was passed a couple of years ago, was ranked choice voting elections. But it does it on computers, which I oppose. I, I don't think any election should be done by computer or electronic device of any kind. But these, this pilot project does use computers, uh, and that's why I'm totally against the pilot project. 
as you know, I'm a big fan of ranked choice voting, but I'm not in the case where it's going to be done by computers. I'm absolutely opposed to it, Sam. Uh, there you have it. And I see pros and cons to ranked choice voting. We can get into that another time. Yeah. HB 150, emergency water shortage amendments. Okay, now we're turning to a half a dozen bills, which I view as bad bills here. Um, the first uh, nine we talked about are good. Now we're going to talk about six that are bad. HB 150, emergency water shortages amendment. This bill adds an entire chapter to the Utah State Code about water preferences during emergencies, right? It identifies who gets the first dibs on water during a water shortage emergency. It gives preference to, to drinking, to sanitation, then fire suppression, then commercial agriculture, then animal welfare, and then the generation of electricity. So why are they passing this now, right? Well, it's because they anticipate water shortages in the near future. Now, one might think that this is a good good bill, but when it's put together with the, the, the next bill, then which is SB 119, entitled Per Capita Consumption Use, per capita consumptive use, this bill requires reporting districts to calculate per capita consumptive use of water. Well, what are they gonna, how are they going to do that? They're going to have to measure the water. They're going to have to meter the water. Okay, so they're going to meter the water. They're going to know how much water you are using. And when a shortage comes, which they can simply declare, according to this new chapter that would be added to Utah State Code, they can simply declare a water shortage emergency and then they can dictate how much water you can use uh, thereafter now how does now how does this play in with the lithium mining from the great salt lake that is 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 surfacing i've got a lot of information about this sam and and this mining requires a lot of water something like 100 million gallons of water to mine one ton of lithium or something and this is part of the Great Reset, Sam. I, I know I'm going out on a limb here, but, but the Great Reset wants everybody to use the electric cars to reduce their carbon footprint. And, and electric cars require batteries, and batteries require lithium. Well, it turns out that the Great Salt Lake is part of a huge dome of salt, which is, which is a, a great uh, source of lithium. Okay, so they want to use tons and tons of water to help mine the lithium from the Great Salt Lake Basin so that they can build these batteries to, fund, to, 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 to produce these electric cars so that you can drive an electric car and reduce your carbon footprint. It's, it's crazy, Sam, what they're doing, but this is all coming down the pike, and they're putting in place these two bills, water restrictions and metering, so that they can keep you from using the water they want to use to mine lithium from the Great Salt Lake Basin, Sam. It's in it it it's it, it's pretty dangerous in my opinion. Well, Very here's the deal. The concerning. devil's in the details, ladies and gentlemen, like it almost always is. Don't give them control is the bottom line. Absolutely right. And uh, these bills give way too much control to the government to uh, to dictate water. See water, that's the most important thing. You got water, food, and, and, and housing, right? Water, you have to have water to live. You, have, you need water to, um, uh, to, to grow your garden. And, and, and I, I'm not talking about it in today, but there's also talk about, um, about you not being able to collect your own rainwater, right? I mean, you don't have a right to the rain that falls from the sky.
from God above, you can't collect that rainwater. Well, I mean, that's not law right now in Utah, but it is in some other states. And uh, that's coming to Utah. That, that will be proposed in the near future, I guarantee it, because they don't want you to collect rainwater and deprive the great state from using that same water in their lithium mines. So I don't know. It's, it's pretty bad, Sam. <clears throat> I, I just don't like it. But we need to rush on to the next bill, SB 50, Senate Bill 5-0, Weapon Purchase Amendment. This is a waiting period before you can get your assault weapon, okay? <laughs> it also defines an assault weapon. This is bad, and gun owners should be upset about this. Gun owners and, and gun rights activists should, should, should uh, ask their legislatures, insist that their legislators vote this down. Terrible bill, Senate Bill 5-0. Next really one, a Senate criminal bill, really a criminal bill, though, because it's blatant violation of the supreme law of the land, which they have sworn to uphold, sir. Absolutely right. Um, Senate Bill 31 is a state flag amendment. This is, uh, would establish a new state flag and, and, and put our current state flag, make it a ceremonial flag only. And uh, they're basically dumbing down our, our use of the state flag. They want to erase portions of our history. This bill is number one on the Senate uh, third reading calendar. So far, it's, it's gotten two to one support in the Senate. It's going to pass the Senate, then go to the House. We need to stop this. This is another way of erasing our history. Um, it's it just, it, you know, but is it really substantive? Does it really matter? It doesn't matter nearly as much as the gender bending bills, but nevertheless, it is something we should say no to. Um, the next two bills uh, uh, relate to voting. Uh, House Bill 91 would change the number of signatures that a candidate would need to gather to put his name on the party's primary ballot. It's just a tweak of SB 54 from 2014, the bill that established the signature path for the primary. It's bad. HB 176, the Municipal Voting Methods Amendments. This bill would make approval voting an option for municipalities under the pilot project of municipal voting methods. And approval voting, Sam, is where you get five candidates and you say yes to three of them and no to two of them. And, and basically it doesn't allow you to prioritize or rank the candidates, but it just says I'd be fine with these three, but not those two. Um, again, it just opens the door to mischief when it comes to elections, Sam. <clears throat> I don't even know what to say about some of these, though, man. This is why I started out the broadcast saying it's just whenever the 45-day session's in, in session, man, it's just like terror Yeah. <laughs> for the great state of Utah, sir. Yes, and now we just have two minutes to, to, to finish this off. Now, the three ugly bills, the one is the primary election amendments. Again, it's an election bill that would provide for a runoff election in certain circumstances for a, a regular primary election. And, again, this just advances the mischief done by the Senate Bill uh, 54 from 2014, which allowed for plurality winners. This would, I don't know, it, it makes sure that you get a majority winner, but uh, it, it, it's just cobbling together a Band-Aid on the bad bill, uh, bad legislation from 2014. Amen HB, to that. HB 20, uh, I, I, 214, HB 214. Uh, would remove, I'm sorry, would move a little more power back to party convention delegates. If the if candidate who gets the most votes in the primary also gets 60% of convention delegates, he becomes the party's nominee. 
But if he doesn't get the 60% of convention, then a runoff is held. And so, again, this is kind of a Band-Aid to the 2014 legislation. It's probably a good thing, but I don't know. It just, I don't know, cements. It makes more palatable that 2014 law, which I think is terrible, uh, because it violates the right of association, private private association. <clears throat> but I guess it's a good thing, but I don't know, it's ugly because it's kind of a good bill, but, but it just perpetuates the ugliness of the 2014 legislation. Okay, finally, HB 215, this is the fits-all bill, the Utah Fits-All Scholarship Program. This is an ugly bill because it, it, it raises salaries for teachers, you know, and that could be viewed as a good thing, especially if you're a teacher's union. But the teacher's union has come out against this bill. Why? Because it allows funding to go to a, a student in a private school. And the UA does not want any money to go and help a student that's in a private school. Another reason this is an ugly bill is that once you allow money to, to go to a school, student in a private school, then there will be strings attached to that, and they will begin to force that private school to teach to their tests, and if they teach to the public school's tests, then private schools lose their autonomy and become nothing more than, than puppet public school branches. And so I think, Sam, this is a bill to, to snooker private school students and homeschool students into accepting money from the government, and then later attaching strings to that money to pull them into their evil web. Sam? Look out, ladies and gentlemen. How many do we not get to? Do we get to all of them? All of them, Sam. All uh, eight Wow. That's because <laughs> Lowell rock and rolls, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now. You want a legislative session update in 30 minutes? Got her done. Now there's over 400 bills already put in place. Give them a little time. There'll be 1,000 on the books before it ends. Pray we can shut most of them down and let the good ones we've highlighted rock and roll through and make Utah the greatest state in the union. Thanks, Lowell. You're welcome, Sam. Good to be with you. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, doing a phenomenal job, as always, for Sam and Lowell. God save the Republic of the United States of America.